New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com Hey, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Amazing, says some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. I don't know, the, the, the baseball analogy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, come on, I just think, uh, well, Yaki God, I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, f*** you, DT. What do you think about that, Kev? Oh, well, uh, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner? And, uh, oh, yeah, um... Uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than anything What's going on, everybody? It is Monday night, February 17th, 2020. This is your latest edition of the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I am Don Tony, as always. I hope everybody enjoyed NXT TakeOver Portland. Hope everybody enjoyed Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Groundhog Day, whatever you want to call it. But I am not alone. Join along with me as always is Kev Castle. What's up, DT? What's going on, Kev? Not not, not a much. Just uh, finished watching that uh, exciting jam of a show Monday Night Raw. Seemed like <sighs> seemed like it seemed like a repeat. You know, uh, I tell you, this uh, kid's reaction uh, early in the night pretty much set the tone for what we were going to get tonight. Um, <laughs> I I know they, they're trying to interject other teams, and you have now the Street Profits getting involved with Seth Rollins and the Viking Raiders and AOP and Kevin Owens. But it's like, you know, this, this goes back to what we've said last week, the week before, the week before. I think WWE wishes they were about three or four weeks ahead 
of what it is right now because it just feels like they're just trying to waste time by two, three, four weeks. You know, what's going to be next week? The AOP versus the Street Profits, or maybe we'll have Buddy Murphy get involved with it as well. It's just tiresome. It's just really tiresome. Um, and I know, you know, I talked about this before. If anybody thinks that this is not the case, uh, you're very um, in the dark. But Paul Heyman is on thin ice right now. WWE is not happy of the ratings, of the feedback, the stock market. You know, I, if you heard that episode of the Don Tony show, and I really crunched the numbers of how the live show attendance is going down, international attendance going down. There's only so many times you could raise ticket prices to offset it. The WWE Network stagnant at 1.4 million subscribers where they thought that they were going to have two or three million subscribers by now. You know, you keep on. See, I don't like that they offer that month free on the WWE Network. Yeah. If fans want to see NXT TakeOver that bad, they'll pay $9.99 for it. If yeah. they want to see WrestleMania, Saudi Arabia, Lawrence of Arabia, they'll pay $9.99 for it. The idea of, hey, sign up, you'll get this month for free, and you still have this low subscribe account. You got to make people feel like your product is special. You keep giving stuff away, it cheapens the value of it. I agree. I, I totally agree. I, I thought they were going to stop with that free month stuff. Uh, it hasn't done them any good since they've been doing it for a couple of years, for a few years now, right, DT? And uh, again, the, uh, NXT, these pay per view, a pay per view like that is good enough to stand on its own. I think people would buy it, especially for nine ninety nine. Uh, they don't have to have that fishing lore of you know sign up now, you'll get this free. It's great and everything, but it's not changing the game for them at all. You know, nothing. It's not moving the needle, as we say. I tell you, I've been no, a subscriber since day one, and, you know, I've said this before. I did this with SiriusXM for a couple of years. I'm seriously thinking about doing it. I, I know it's only 10 bucks, but I'm seriously thinking about just setting up, you know, different email accounts, get the free membership. Yeah, I got to put the credit card information in, but, you know, you can get those $10 Visa cards. I think they work if you use the right one. Sign up. Right before the month is up, cancel it, then re-sign up. I know it's fraud, you know, to some people's eyes, but I tell you, man, the, my favorite part of the channel, WWE old school that never gets updated. I, You know, there's only so many times I want to see wrestlers in a car driving to an arena, eating like a 10-minute dinner. Yeah, it's just, I, I'm getting a little bit sick of it. The specials are nice and everything, but I just feel like, you know... I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to put money in your pocket. You know. I think the more desperate they get, there's two ways they could go with it. The more desperate they get because of losing all that market share and the value of the company, they could either, you know, all, all hands on deck. Let's just throw out all the stops, and if we piss people off, the hell with it. Or they sell the company. Yeah, I know. I was actually thinking uh, of you, uh, DT, yesterday when I saw this announcement. I'm like, oh, DT would like that. Uh, they added those ECW super shows to the network, I think they just added. 
Yeah, but you know they they bastardize it by removing all the music, and you know it's so terrible when you hear like the gangsters and this and Sandman's music, and if you listen closely, it's like a really bad DJ. It reminded me when (laughs) I was fourteen years old, like just you could hear the original music in the background, and the beats are off, and it's just it's it's god awful. Uh, Plus, you know ECW, I was a diehard. I got all the videos. You know, after yeah. 25 years, I think if diehard ECW fans were going to subscribe to the network to enjoy some ECW, they would have done that over the last three years already. You know, it's a, it's not like, you know, you're, you're a little horny and you're on social media and some chick pops up with an OnlyFans account. And you're like, you know, I don't feel like going to PornXX. Let me give her 10 bucks. I'll sign up. You know, whack off. I got the month membership and then I cancel at the end of the month. If fans really wanted to tune into this stuff, you know, adding a couple of super shows is going to do guts, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, the only thing I found intriguing was some of the stuff they, they added, which I haven't seen yet, which are the 93 stuff when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling, the Super Summer Sizzler specials with when Eddie Gilbert was still alive and had the book. Remember. I found that to be, to be uh, interesting. Ultra Clash, 93. I never saw the whole card. So that kind of stuff does appeal to me as an old school fan. But you're right, um, the music is out of whack, and it's not the same. It does take a, a lot of uh, luster off of it. And who owned the trademark for Eastern Championship Wrestling? Don Tony. Yeah. Actually <laughs> owned true. it for a little while. Go to the trademark <laughs> probably office. Think we're, we're joking right now, but that's actually true. Yeah, yeah. it's really true. I, own, I owned... Eastern Championship Wrestling for a little while. I should have never gave up that trade. You know, think about it. I should have never gotten scared by Todd Gordon and his attorney. I should have kept that trademark. And maybe now, after, you know, 14 years of owning it, 15 years of owning it, I would have WWE contacting me. And I'm being serious right now. I think WWE would have been contacting me like, hey, we want to put these super shows on the the network, but you own the trademark for Eastern Championship Wrestling. And I would have been like, all right, you know, give me like well, a free lifetime subscription to the WWE Network. You know, I, I think that's a pretty even deal. It's kind of like Kramer. Remember Kramer yeah. in Seinfeld when he had that lawyer, you know, uh, the, oh, John, the, guy, the Johnny Cochran guy. Yeah, he was trying to play Johnny Cochran. And I don't know oh what he settled for, but he basically agreed to like a year's worth of something. He's like, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. WWE would have offered me a little something. I would have said, yeah, no problem. Oh, when uh, he spilled the coffee, well, he burned himself with the coffee and offered him a lifetime uh, cafe latte. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. That's he got like a month's worth more, of cafe or something. You more, but didn't you more give it up just like to be cool about it because you were a fan? You don't want no, to were, no. You were afraid of legal action? No, this, this is the very quick story of it. And I know some of you know the story already, but since, yeah, you know, especially know. shout out to all my YouTubers out there that, and a lot of people who are new to the show, finding yeah, it from exactly. YouTube for the first time. Amazing. I've been around 20, the 23rd year and people still didn't even know about me, but this is the short story of it. Very short story. Um, when WWE was going to do ECW one night stand, uh, they were going to do hardcore homecoming. Jeremy Borash was involved with it, Shane Douglas, and a couple other people. So because of the success that I had with the XPW bus trips, having a hotline, having a big following, Shane Douglas said, uh, called up Frank Goodman and said, I want Anthony de Blasi to do the bus trips and all this other stuff. So I said, okay, cool. At the same time, somebody else that was doing his deal said, I want Mike Johnson 
to do the bus trips for this. So originally I'm like, hey, you know what? We could coexist. We get more people at the arena, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people don't know when the XPW shows were in the Northeast on Philly, half, almost half of that crowd sometimes was my bus trips. People didn't even know that. When wrestlers went on the bus and hang out with the fans, that was originally my idea. And then other feds started, I mean, no joke. So anyway, so I start plugging the bus trips and I'm putting ECW reunion show, this, this, and that. Next thing I know, I know I get a legal letter and I still have copies of the legal letter. Maybe next week or the week after I'll put screenshots of it on, online. I'll just black it out my personal information and it's WWE's lawyer, some Greek chick. And she's like, cease and desist, stop using ECW, show us proof, this is and that. I might be liable for this. I might be liable. So I'm like, all right, all right, you know, this sucks. How am I going to hype up an ECW reunion show and I can't use the letters ECW? So I said, okay. I'm thinking, I always think outside the box. I start looking at trademarks and I go and I look at Eastern Championship Wrestling since ECW uh, was the same letters. Lo and behold, Todd Gordon abandoned it because ECW was out of business. He figured, hey, I'm going to be cheap about it. I'm not going to own the trademark anymore. He abandoned it. Everybody out there could go look at the trademark office right now, search Eastern Championship Wrestling. As I'm explaining this, you'll see it in real time. So when I saw that he abandoned it, I said, yeah, you know what? Let me look into it. I'll buy it. This way, if I own the trademark, then I can use it as an ECW Eastern Championship Wrestling uh, tribute. And this way, I can push my bus trips a little more. So I go ahead and I buy the trademark. I apply for it. I do everything I'm supposed to do. Trademark office, like two weeks later, boom. Don Tony owns Eastern Championship Wrestling. I'm all excited. I swear on a stack of Bibles, I, I send a copy of the confirmation to the Greek chick from WWE, Papalopoulos, whatever her name was. And she's like, hey, you know what? You could use it. Got to give it to you. And I bragged on my hotline and I bragged online and anybody that thinks I'm full of it, go to Wayback Machine, type in wrestling-news.com, go back to Hardcore Homecoming and you'll see everything in real time. So I'm plugging it. I'm plugging the bus trips. Next thing I know, Mike Johnson on his pwspyware.com, that prick, say I can get away with that. He starts saying, this is the only bus trip that's official for Hardcore Homecoming, meaning his. So now people are coming up to me and they're like, hey, what's going on? Is your bus trip legit? What's going on? I'm like, yeah, it's legit. And they're showing me this thing and I'm like, what's the wrong with this troll? I mean, he's gotta take credit for everything. So at the same time that's happening, now think about it, I get a legal letter and then I have Mike Johnson saying that my bus trips are BS and then Todd Gordon has his Jewish lawyer calling my office, asking for me, and he says, if you don't abandon that ECW trademark right now, we're going to sue you. And I'm like, sue me for what? For what? He's the one that abandoned it. He's like, it doesn't matter. You better just abandon that trademark or else blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, look at this. All I want to do is get fans to go to ECW Arena, check out Hardcore Homecoming, have some fun. I got this person trying to sue me, this person trying to do this, this person with the bus trips. I basically said, fuck all of you. And I, I got rid of the trademark, I canceled my bus trips, and I didn't do anything with it. And that's why I gave up the trademark. And guess what? After I abandoned the trademark, you think Todd Gordon bought it back? No. No. I even said to his lawyer, I said, all I'm trying to do is get more people to the show. 
you would be able to use those letters. They didn't care. He didn't want some nobody that's not in the wrestling business, you know, some Italian Guido from Howard Beach, Queens, New York, going and buying ECW. Meanwhile, the son of a bitch had it abandoned. And again, if people think that I'm full of it, go on the trademark website, go on Wayback Machine, type in my website, and you'll see all the things I wrote back then. Little babies, all of them, little babies, hardcore babies. And I don't need that. I don't need that. And just to think, think, that uh, was like 14 years ago. Why do you think Todd abandoned it? Because he wasn't seeing the big picture in the future of what could be with it? No, I, I think because ECW was out of business, nothing was going on with it. WWE, for the most part, ECW's value was extreme, you know, Eastern. You know, like, you think of ECW, you don't Eastern. No, it was extreme. Plus, Eastern Championship Wrestling was technically NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. So, extreme was where the money was. And WWE only pushed extreme. Everybody figured Eastern Championship Wrestling, eh, it's not worth the hill of beans. And I thought, hey, all right, I'll buy it. And then I could use ECW. And I put in little parentheses, Eastern Championship Wrestling. And the trademark office approved it. Wow. That's the story. Speaking of extreme, Matt Hardy. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, he was pretty much, we thought he was going to be dead last week. He comes back today with the neck brace. He's got the concert. Well, you know, he's technically a concerto on the ring steps not once but twice crowd uh, wanted more you know this is the thing i know rebby hardy she still has me blocked on social media i don't know why i've been praising her for a couple of years but she still has me blocked because i'm nobody whatever but some few people brought to my attention what she said and she's like is this something cold in the arena or what because of the crowd like wanting more and for Rebby Hardy and for others out there that thought it was bizarro land that why the crowd wanted to see more, it's simple. WWE's product is very, very stale, very, very bland. I mean, how many people blew their load on online tonight because Shayna Baszler said the S word? <sighs> she said shit. She, I, it brought me back memories when I was nine years old in my mother's living room and Porky's was on TV. And, you know, because I heard a curse word, oh my God, did I just hear what I thought I heard? You didn't hear that. Go in the other room. And meanwhile, I'd be in the other room peeking, you know, looking at the shower scenes. It's just fans are want more so badly. They'll take it any way possible. It doesn't matter who would have come out. Somebody gets chair bashed. Oh man, that's extreme. We will. We want more of that. Give me more. Give me more. Give me. Give me. Give me more. So they weren't against Matt Hardy. They just want the more violence, and they know at the end of the day, with the exception, you know, of uh, the Whataburger kid. Yeah, everybody was concerned about this little kid today. You know, all upset because of what Randy Orton did. Trust me, when his dad took him out for a burger and a shake after, the little Whataburger kid probably would have forgot all about what happened tonight. You know, some fans still believe, you know, some of what they're watching, but a lot of fans know, you know, Matt Hardy's gonna go back home, and you know. Tease more, free to delete. 
And fans just want more violence. They want more suspension of disbelief of hard violence. They don't want PSA stuff. We'll get to Becky Lynch in a little bit. But I think that's the reason why the fans, it came off that they turned on Matt Hardy. I don't think they turned on Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's a victim of circumstance, and that is the current WWE product. What do you think, DT? Is he a, is he a goner, or is he coming back? You think he's going to re-sign? It seems like everybody always ends up re-signing. Think Matt's going to re-sign? Um, you know, the thing is, is that Matt Hardy doesn't have many years left in his career. And Matt Hardy is one of those that really wants to still have an in-ring career. I don't think he's ready to be a producer in the back. Matt Hardy saved his money. He is pretty, you know, look, you never have enough money, but he's got a nice nest egg. And he could always go back to WWE a couple of years from now and be a producer. So they have not agreed to a contract and I think it's more, I know for a lot of us, it sounds a little ridiculous, but I think it's more than just the money aspect of it. I think he just wants to have a little bit more of an in-ring career. That's his life. That's what he's been doing his entire life. So last week, I even said last week on this show, I said, you know, I, they did that in case Matt Hardy doesn't come to an agreement, but they trust Matt Hardy. And they brought him back out there. And now this kind of writes him off for a little while. So even if they do bring him back, they really had no, I hate to say it like this, but I don't think WWE had any need for Matt Hardy at this particular moment leading up to WrestleMania. You know, maybe we'll have Jeff Hardy come out next, you know, and confront Randy Orton for what yeah. he did to his brother. That buys two or three more weeks. Then we're at the elimination chamber, and then that edge will probably come back then, and then we're only a couple of weeks away to WrestleMania. So even if Matt Hardy resigns, they can wait until WrestleMania time, and then he comes back to television. Yeah, he basically filled the void uh, and did a good job, and Randy is so good at being this prick. And talk about stretching things out. Boy, he was like, he's up the ramp, then he's back, then okay, then it looks like it's over, and he circles back again pulls him out of the ring. I mean, it was quite a spectacle. And Randy plays the, the hard-heeled prick more, better than anybody. I mean, he Randy is a born-bred heel, in my opinion. I don't think he should be a babyface. He's awesome. He's, he's awesome. He's amazing. I mean, his facial expressions, there's just... And again, his whole viper, snake-like character, he, he's got it down-packed. And again, just the tease of, okay, I'm done. I'm done beating him down. No, I'm not. Going back, I mean, it just, it just, again, it, it kind of, it was kind of compelling. It definitely kept your interest, and I think it was, if fair enough to say, if people would agree with me, it was the best thing on Raw tonight. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And by the way, Lord Doja, yes, I see what everybody is writing. So uh, I'm monitoring what everybody is saying. I'm not saying that Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton are having a full blown feud, but Jeff Hardy's, uh, there's been rumors of him coming back, and it only makes sense that either him or Beth Phoenix, now Beth Phoenix should have come out and confronted Randy Orton already. I'm not saying Randy Orton would have done a concerto on her. That would have been pretty, <laughs> you know, that would, that, I, I would, that's like saying the S word 50 times over, but you know, that ship seemed to have sailed, you know, so she, she hasn't come out already. She ain't going to come out. So somebody else has to come out and confront Randy Orton. 
You know, I don't I don't want all of a sudden Ricochet to have a heart and say, what did you do to Randy Orton last week? You know, none of the locker room gave a crap about Randy Orton, to, I mean, about Matt Hardy tonight. You know, oh, no. so if somebody comes out next week and be like, Randy Orton, what did you do to Matt Hardy last week? Well, where were you? Taking a shit? You know, like nobody in the locker room cared about Matt Hardy getting killed like that. You or, know, or, just, or Edge, DT. No one came out to help him either. Yeah, nobody came out to help him either. I mean, and the referees, you know, it's funny. Um, those uh, groping referees, if it's a woman beating up somebody at ringside, all the referees are grabbing them, pulling them they apart. A, they got a good waist. They got a good waistline. Yeah, there. grabbing them yeah. by the waist, separating them. But when it comes to a man, those same referees, no, no, <laughs> no, Randy, no. No, Randy. No. No, Randy. No. And they do nothing. Nothing. But if it's a woman, you know, oh, pull apart. And then, you know, Becky's got to punch a referee in the mouth. Maybe hijack his his referee outfit and steal his car. And uh, let's talk about Becky. Let's. Um, You know, Shayna Baszler cutting a promo tonight. For those that don't know, uh, no, it's not Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch yet for WrestleMania. They decided to do the, uh, I guess I could call it the Kofi Kingston. People remember a year ago, Kofi Kingston, some people thought, you know, hey, maybe they're taking away the title shot. You have, I remember the New Day doing videos on social media. You know, maybe we have to find another place to work that they're trying to screw us. And God bless so many people online that actually thought that was real and thinking that WWE are racist and they're not going to give it. And what I say? They're taking a scenic route. Kofi's getting his title shot. Kofi's getting his win. They're just taking a scenic route. This is what they're doing with Elimination Chamber. Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch. You know, we had to have such an early announcement with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, you know, that... They had to do it even a week before Bianca Belair has her match at NXT TakeOver. You know, I had to rush it so fast. But Becky and Shayna Baszler official, oh, we don't have to worry about that until March. We don't have to worry about that until Elimination Chamber is over. Blah, 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 blah. So they're doing a scenic route. Shayna Baszler has got to beat the Riot Squad, Asuka and Natty. And then she officially takes on Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. That elimination chamber, other than seeing Asuka and Shayna Baszler maybe going at it a little bit, that is just like, come on, man. I mean, anybody that thinks Shayna Baszler is not winning that elimination chamber, you know, has to be on some strong narcotics, you know? Yeah, neither cut a good promo tonight. I wasn't happy with that. Of course, Shayna had the buzzword uh, shit in her promo. I guess, I mean, listen, it's not shocking there. Someone say shit hasn't been said a while. I think Corey Graves was the last one to slip that by. Um, But, uh, again, I think Becky's time is up as the top girl. And I'm I'm thinking when she does go against Shayna, crowd's going to be cheering for Shayna and booing Becky. I don't opinion. think so at all. It's my opinion. Shane, I don't think Becky. No. Becky's certainly not the face of the company. That's laughable. Brock Lesnar is the face of the company. 
I don't think Brock, well, Brock Lesnar is the face of the company in WWE's view because of his presence and his stature and his credibility and everything else. But Becky Lynch is top two or top three of the most popular talents in WWE. Uh, There is no way that crowd is going to turn on Becky Lynch and start cheering Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, you know, just exudes heel. You know what I mean? There is nothing about Shayna Baszler that comes off as babyface to me. Um, not babyface, DT, but would you say Shayna Baszler has a cool factor about her because she is a tough chick in real life? Oh, there's, there's a lot of cool people that I boo. No, but for the fans, like the fans, will the fans I'm a fan. see the, They're fans too. Uh, you know, it's not. But, but Shane is more authentic than Becky because Becky's tough act is fake. Uh, she's not a tough girl. She's in real well, life. Well, see, see Be- that's Shana. Shana is. That's the problem with this dynamic. And I still think Becky Lynch is safe. That even though this dynamic causes a little bit of a problem, uh, Becky, I still think is safe. And what that problem is is that Becky Lynch is legit a really nice person playing, you know, this tough character on TV. And, you know, some of the, if you notice, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but in the last bunch of months, you see a lot less insults on social media by her. You see a lot less when she comes out to cut a promo. She's not just bad mouthing every single person alive just to bad mouth them. I remember the thing with Natty and some others. They've kind of tweaked it a little bit. The problem is, is that uh, Shayna Baszler is a legit badass. So when you have someone trying to be a badass and you have someone who is a badass and playing a badass, you know, it kind of puts Becky Lynch a little bit of a deer in headlights. Case in point, when Shayna Baszler said, I'm going to kick the shit out of you, and, you know, Shayna Baszler's on the, on the Titantron. She's on the big screen. And Becky Lynch, her response was, well, I'll be rooting for you at the Elimination Chamber. When she said that, she wasn't even looking at the Titantron, right. looking at Shayna Baszler in the eye. Becky Lynch decided to look at the hard camera and say that, which was like, you know, if you're really pissed off at someone... You tell them to, especially if you you're you're standing up to a tough son of a bee. You're looking at them right in the eye, and you're saying that. And she turned around and she went on on the Titantron. But I still believe there is no way that crowd turns on Becky Lynch. Not now. Not at WrestleMania. No, I mean, listen. Years ago, I didn't think the crowd would turn on Bret Hart, and they did. You know. Yeah, but that was a progression. You know, Steve Austin was a badass, but Steve Austin, I don't put Shayna Baszler in Steve Austin territory. I don't, I don't oh, put no, anybody. Shayna doesn't, doesn't have that kind of charisma. Shayna, right. you know, Shayna barely got by with her own promo tonight. Adding shit to, to her promo was what made it memorable. If she didn't say that word, DT, quite honestly, it would have been forgettable. I, I don't know if it made it memorable. I think it just made it feel more realistic because yeah, exactly. if I'm yeah, a badass I'm gonna, and I'm going to tear you yeah. apart, I'm probably going to say I'm going to beat the, I might have said, you know, different derogatory word, but, you know, on TV, I'm going to beat the shit. Look, AEW said the word shit many times already. It's, you know, so, you know, WWE does it, sure, it's a little bit out of the norm, but, you know, it's just, I think Becky Lynch 
they have to tread water carefully. Again, Becky Lynch is almost Teflon right now. You'll have a group of people that are fed up with her. You have a group of people that just are tired of her. I get that. That happens with everybody. But in the overall scope, you look at the overall WWE universe, they are behind her about 90%. I might say 70, 70, 70-30. Maybe 70-30, but still, it's going to be enough where, look, you'll always have... Even when when I was a kid in the eighties watching wrestling, there were even when I went to shows all the time, there was always a core group of people that would cheer every heel just for the sake of being heel. I remember doing hotlines with Matt Zombie, and Matt Zombie would just taunt every babyface. It didn't matter who they were, even people that were buying drugs from him, he would still taunt them. If they were a babyface, he would taunt them. Um, you always will have that, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, it did what it needed to do today. And I think the reason why they're taking the scenic route because of the possible little issues with the back and forth between Shayna Baszler and Becky by setting up this elimination chamber that does not happen until next month, that takes away the confrontation between Shayna and Becky for the next couple of weeks because it's not official that they're facing each other at Mania. Now we have to wait until the Elimination Chamber to figure out who is going to be the one facing Becky. So by doing that Elimination Chamber, now it forces all of us to, now we got to wait. So by us waiting, there's one, two, three weeks at least where we don't have to, see possible problems with the back and forth with Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch. So that was WWE basically keeping them away without doing a stupid suspension angle with Shayna Baszler. They could have done that too. They could have just said Shayna Baszler is suspended for 30 days because of, you know, her munching on Becky Lynch's neck last week, you know? So, but uh, other than that, you know, what else did you think about Raw tonight? Well, I th- I wanted to talk about uh, going back to Heyman. Uh, you're talking about, uh, you know, Heyman on the hot seat. You know, he came out, cut his promo. I mean, uh, Drew McIntyre, of course, in the ring. You know, it's funny. There's a debate whether amongst the fans, not really podcasters, uh, if Drew, this Drew McIntyre baby face thing is working. There's people I'm noticing arguing online. Oh, he's not really getting over. I think he's getting over. And people are like, yeah, he is. No, he's not. Uh, the crowd's not really into him that much yet. Well, isn't he a baby face for like three weeks, DT? Do you no, think no, I actually talked about this five or six weeks ago. It was a steady progression. It was just that a lot of people just decided they weren't going to pay attention to it. And they only paid attention to it until it was clear cut on TV mm-hmm. that he did. He actually went along with the crowd. Um, I look at it like this. I don't mean to be cold for anybody online that this applies to. I have to apologize because when I did the NXT recap yesterday and I was talking about Rena Gonzalez, you know, I, I had made comments that, you know, some some people online were like, oh, you know, she's new to NXT and she's a rookie and this, this, and that. And, you know, I poked fun at it. Well, apparently a couple of people that are big followers of the show apparently said that online too. And they thought I was taking shots at him. And I will say this for the 888th time. You know, I talk in a generalistic sense. And I'm not going to check 
500 social media accounts to see if and make sure that everybody did not say what I'm going to say because I might hurt somebody's feelings. It is not directed towards anybody specifically, but I express an opinion. And unfortunately for a lot of people out there that thought Rena Gonzalez was brand new to NXT, I hate to break it to you, but she, she's been there for three plus years and she's had over 130 matches in NXT. Then I got a kick out of the comebacks today. Well, it was mostly off TV and yeah, it was the Mae Young Classic and maybe a couple of TV episodes, but it was mostly off TV. Well, then it, that would be pretty hilarious to see podcasts or websites covering promotions like MLW or Ring of Honor or other feds when they can't get them on TV because their cable provider doesn't show it. Or maybe a fed doesn't have TV. Why would anybody cover New Japan in the United States now? Get no TV. So don't give me this no TV stuff. If you are, are covering a particular product, you don't just watch TV and react to what you see on TV, you're supposed to research. You're supposed to see everything that's going on on a daily basis. So, you know, I, I got to preface this once in a while and give almost like a, 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 a public service announcement or a reminder to everybody that, you know, when I make comments and I throw opinions out there that might hurt some people's feelings, you know, I can't monitor every, what every single person That's why I have almost everybody muted. I don't want to know what other people say because then I got to say to myself, oh, you know, I don't know if I could say this because I know so-and-so said this. Well, uh, fans have a habit of also saying like, oh, you know, and, uh, Don Tony said that already. JD said that already. Mitch said that. Kevin well, said that. We don't we, know, but we don't know. And not for nothing, we might be thinking the same thing because we do the same thing. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. But it's right. You don't go and check every well, other podcast or he, fan's his uh, uh, update. I don't see a lot of things. A lot of things get past me, to be honest with you. But this is this is what it has to do with Drew McIntyre, right? All right. When I see, you know, just random people who are saying, "Oh, Drew McIntyre's not really over." When I hear that crowd reaction and the Claymore countdown, and I hear them popping, yeah. and it's overwhelmingly over for Drew McIntyre, whoever. Those people are that are writing on online, you know what I do? I ignore them. I ignore them. Because if the crowd is popping big time, you know, like yesterday, I saw tons of people crapping on Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano where the match wasn't even a third into the match. And I'm like, you know, it's got to build up a story. It's got to tell a story. And then towards the end of the match, people are still crapping on it. But meanwhile, I'm watching on TV, and that Portland crowd was awesome yesterday. And they're chanting, this is awesome, and this and that. And they were really into it. And I'm saying to myself, all right, well, my eyes deceiving me and my ears deceiving me. If a majority, that's why I stick up for AEW more than others. Because you and me and some others deep down inside might be like, wow, some of this stuff in AEW is just really just whack. If their audience loves it, enjoys it overall, and you, you have to understand that, you can't turn around and because 80 or 90% of the AEW fans are all going googly-eyed over Cody, you can't turn around and say, oh, He's not over. He's not good. He's not this. Why is he in this position? You know, when the guy has got that kind of reaction from the AEW fans, you know, you, as much as you may not agree with it or may not like it or you might feel like, 
what do these people see? You know, at the end of the day, those people are, who are paying the money, going to the shows, they're the ones that decide, not us behind a keyboard, not us behind a microphone. We could express our opinions. But with Drew McIntyre, when I see the crowd, listen to when they do the countdown. Yeah, it's a little goofy, but the crowd, its they're interactive. And that's something I said five or six weeks ago. The more Drew McIntyre interacts with the crowd, the easier it'll be to get over because he's giving the crowd what they want. He does a Claymore kick. He starts hearing the crowd go one more time, one more time. You bets damn believe that unless there's an injury, Drew McIntyre is going to hit that second kick to make the fans happy. You give the fans what they want, and that gets the fans more over with him. So these random people online, I respect their opinions, but I respectfully disagree. Yeah, no, and again, it's it's you're right, and especially in what we do, we have to be fair and kind of balanced, uh, you know, uh, exactly. If the audience is enjoying it, we could say in all minds, oh, it's not for me. Uh, it's just like being a broadcaster and you're a fan of a particular team. You can't just like reminds me of Mike Francesco, who's not a Mets fan, but he'll have to admit when they do good and he's hard on them when they do bad. But you have to balance between the two. And sure, when I see AEW and I see the fans going crazy, I'm not going to deny that uh, such and such is over or whatever. You'd be a fool to do that. I mean, then you really don't have credibility because it's true. What What is your eyes and ears uh, hearing and seeing? You can't deny the facts. And I think Drew McIntyre is getting over little by little. It's getting better every week. The fans are enjoying him. I don't know what his merch sales are, DT. DT, quite honestly, I haven't seen much Drew McIntyre merch. Does he have a lot of shirts? I have not seen too much Drew McIntyre merchandise, but, yeah. you know, they're slowly building him. I mean, WrestleMania is still, you know, quite a bit away, so they'll continue building on it. Plus, the thing is, is that, you know, you can't just put Drew McIntyre's name on a shirt, and then all of a sudden it's going to sell. There's got to be a theme to it. There's got to be, you know, like graphics, logos, and, you know. Well, maybe something with a Claymore countdown or something. Right, well, well, see, that that, only started clicking a couple of weeks ago. So now they see how that's clicking, and I'm sure a shirt, if it's not out already, there's going to be a shirt that's going to come out that'll reflect that countdown. Look at Matt Riddle. You know, how, how many fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? Um, you know, it, it caught on. So WWE's like, ah, we'll put it on his shirt for a month, see if it sells, and people are buying it. So, you know, they they have to come up with designs for Drew McIntyre, and they're going to do whatever the crowd is interacting with, and the only way they'll be able to figure that out is when the crowd is interacting. So I'm sure that there's a couple of things in development right now. Yeah, because they got that Rollins uh, um, Monday Night Messiah shirt out pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, Monday Night Messiah, man. It's the just... sermon of suck. You want to get into that? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's doing his sermon and everything. And, you know, look, Seth Rollins is talented as a son of a because just think, I mean, a year ago he had that match that pretty much took the, almost the whole episode of Raw. I mean, everybody was saying he's this, the number one guy in the WWE and let's be honest, for the biggest Becky Lynch fans out there, let's be honest. Where did things start to turn awry with Seth Rollins in 2019? 
when they decided to bring their personal relationship in front of the camera. Then they had Becky and Seth and Corbin and Lacey Evans, and everything just went downhill from there. And then Seth Rollins turned into a gimmick. Seth Rollins always had a gimmick, but the gimmick was didn't overtake him. You know, fans would chant, burn it down. Then he started doing a super kick, and the crowd would go, burn it down. But as soon as they did that with Becky Lynch, they made a horrible mistake, a horrible mistake. Yeah. Now he's back to, you know, being a heel, and people need to remember that when Seth Rollins was a babyface a year or two ago, Seth Rollins was the focal point of Raw, and Seth Rollins was the focal point of, of the, some of the record lowest ratings in the history of Monday Night Raw. So Seth Rollins, unfortunately, and again, this is a combination. He should not be blamed for it. But, you know, I, I always bring up this example. I laugh at people that say, well, you can't blame Seth Rollins for having being the focal point of the lowest ratings in the history of Monday Night Raw. Well, then you can't blame Diesel, you know, having the lowest draws in 1995 or whatever it was in the WWF. It was the overall product. But Seth Rollins, if you look at his history, he doesn't pop any type of a rating. When he comes out, when he's advertised for the main event, Still, people are changing the channel. I saw as soon as they announced the main event tonight, even though he wasn't wrestling in it, about 90% of the fans out there are like, again? Are you kidding me? Oh, what? We just take one person out of the match? And, it, and then I'm like the, the, the chubby kid in the crowd tonight. You know, I'm like, oh, are you, are you again? Come on. You know, you're serious. And you know that's going to continue next week and a week after and a week after and a week after. And it's just, you know, he is, he's the Monday night Messiah. I mean, he, to me, he's the Monday night sigh. It's not a sigh. It's like, they're, they're the again, uh, exactly he's not the Monday night. He's Monday night sigh. Again, that's how I feel about it. And by the way, I Kevin forgot Owens to say this before. It's a lot of boring. Yeah, I forgot to say this before. What I want to know more than anything about Matt Hardy after tonight is not if he's going to resign or leave. I want to know what jacket that was. I want that jacket. Seriously, that brand jacket he on on. Don Tony wants that. If somebody out there could, because I feel like a goof doing it. I'm not saying you're gonna anybody out there is gonna look like a goof too. But maybe some of you out there may interact with Matt Hardy a little bit. Find out. I want to know the label of what that jacket was for. I want that jacket. Seriously. Talking about Matt Hardy's jacket or Seth Rollins? Yeah, I want to buy it. I mean, I don't want to buy his. It wouldn't fit me. But I, I want to know, like, the brand and stuff. I want to buy that jacket. I thought that jacket looked pretty cool today. Not Seth Rollins' jacket. My God. I was going to say, yeah, Seth Rollins' jacket. You know, early today. You leave the house with that? Yeah, early today, I was only about 50 away from hitting 7,000 on YouTube. So I was like, hey. You know, hey, if we break 7,000 tonight, I'll wear my 1995 shirt that looks like what The Rock used to wear, the dressy, goofy-looking shirts. I mean, they're out of style now. They looked awesome on him. I was even going to wear it unbuttoned with a gold chain and a watch tonight. We didn't hit 7,000, so I ain't wearing it. But, um, you know, as far as Matt Hardy's jacket, though, you know, I want that jacket for real. I don't want to wear it to me. I, I really... Loved the way that jacket looked. I was like, I want that jacket. Seriously. I got to go back and see that. I didn't see his jacket. Yeah, his jacket looked pretty cool. I mean, uh, 
I definitely want that jacket. I like the way it looked. I thought it looked good because I'm always a jeans guys. So, but um, uh, Ricochet tonight basically saying that he deserves a title shot. Yeah, he deserves a 35-second title shot. Oh, God. That's all that match is going to be. That's going to be the, the match prediction on the contest if we do one. I want to oh, see. How, how long it takes for Lesnar to beat Yeah, it's going to be like 40 seconds. If anybody thinks this is going to be like a Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar match, or the Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar match, oh, <clears throat> this is like the 37-second match. That is going to be in and out. I, it's just nothing against Ricochet. But when I hear the crowd saying if Brock Lesnar could get past Ricochet, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, seriously? Come on, man. That's just, I don't know, man. It's, well, it was even funny the way AJ and them were laughing at him when he came in. Yeah, Little Ricky. Little, little Ricky, that was pretty funny. You know, I mean, look, it's nothing against him. It's nothing against Cedric Alexander. It's nothing against Tazawa. It's nothing against any of them. You know, but tonight on main event, Cedric Alexander and Tazawa fought. Crowd hated it so much they were chanting for the ref. And you'll, you'll, it's, I don't know what they're going to do as far as editing. But right away, people are talking about race and treating Japanese, you know, United States fans treating Japanese wrestlers like crap and this and that. You know, I, if, if I thought it was worth it, I would do the research. But there has been a hell of a lot of white wrestlers who have been totally misused and jobbed out in WWE over the years. But the minute it's a black person or an Asian person, all of a sudden it's race. It's, you know, they, they don't know what to do with them. You know, some people just don't connect. I mean, it's I have no problem with Cedric Alexander. But I think it was three or four years ago on the audio shows, I remember something like... Every time I get the call, no one reacts to me at all. Every time I get the call, no one reacts to me at all. Every time I get the call. I mean, that's what it was three or four years ago. He just, uh, I will never forget. And I swear, I'll give a free t-shirt or a video if somebody puts the link on, on my Twitter, at Don Tony D, so I could show everyone. There was an infamous clip that I laughed at and talked about, and I felt bad for him. But they did a segment. He was feuding with somebody a couple of years ago, and I think it was over a chick. There was a girl involved or something. And I remember there was a backstage segment where somebody was interviewing someone. And then all of a sudden, Cedric Alexander, like, appeared on the camera. And if anybody out there, and this is why I like doing video now so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. If anybody sees some of these backstage segments and somebody appears and they're on camera with someone else, when they appear, before they even say a word, they do this. Because they think, because they entered the camera, the crowd is going to do, like... You know, like, this is Cedric, and I wasn't planning on that. That actually was for yesterday with uh, Mansoor and um, Jackass, Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. I had the, the wrong sound effects queued up. People are like, oh, I heard it, and, and I listened to it back, and it's harp sounds and stuff like that. What I was trying to do yesterday saying, like, every time Sam Roberts said something, he'd be like, and then Mansoor would be like, and so that's what it was. But Cedric Alexander, he would come on a camera like this. Ah! 
expecting to hear the cheers, and it was dead silence. And I was like, that is the quintessential like representation of Cedric Alexander right now. Every time he gets the call, no one reacts to him at all. He is a talented person, extremely talented. But not everybody connects with the WWE Universe. You have to be really extra special, and it's not because you could do flippy flippy and other stuff. He is a, a master technician, and he's an awesome high flyer, but he never had that connection. It's not race. It's just, again, when you have white people, that happens too. You see how people just don't even pay attention. Oh, Zack Ryder and, you know, uh, what's Raleigh. the other guy today? Uh, the, fo the football guy, Riddick Moss. Uh, Riddick Moss, Mojo Rawley. You know, Mojo Rawley and, and others. I mean, they 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 fail me. Bo Dallas, I feel bad for him. Curtis Axel, where is he? There are so yeah. many wrestlers. EC3. I mean, oh, EC3, homie from the Bronx. Is he EC3 Asian superstar? No. I mean, it's just you can't pick and choose and say, oh, you see what they did? How did I? It's the overall scope. A lot of people get mistreated and misused, and it sucks. But you can't just go on social media because Cedric Alexander whines and goes, and you get no opportunity. And, you know, Dirty Sanchez goes, and you get no opportunity. And Mustafa Ali goes, there's no room for me in the Royal Mumbo. And, it, you know, it's not always race. It's just somebody else got your spot. That's what it is. As much of a family WWE is, at the end of the day, everybody is fighting to get their spot. You could be the nicest person around, that person next to you that is smiling at you, they're trying to get your job. So when there's 40 people in the Royal Rumble or 30 people and you ain't one of them, it ain't because you're Asian or Japanese or Greek or Italian or white or straight or gay or bi or, you know, an animal, you know, whatever that bestiality. It's because somebody got your spot. Be mad at that person got your spot. Don't be mad at other people. Don't whine on social media. It's my time. Daniel Brooke, it's my time. You know, flex. That's what it is. Anyway, I want to shout out our new and returning patrons, Jell, Brian Wright, Shane Canning, Nathan P., and Neff. And for those that are not on Patreon yet, patreon.com slash Don Tony. We pretty much got everything organized now. Um, you sign up as little as five bucks, or if you get lucky and you get one of the sample ones for two bucks, because that's limited to 50 and you still get everything. Basically, you get eight Patreon exclusive shows a month. You also get ad-free episodes of this, ad-free of Wednesday Night Dynamite, ad-free of Don Tony Show. You also get video ad-free stuff. We have Patreon pay-per-view predictions contest and, you know, a lot of little bonus things along the way. So, uh, and I want to give our uh, patrons, associate producers, a special shout out. And as I did last week, and I will do it again, I want to shout. And I know the screen has our sponsors because our sponsors are obviously very important for us as well. And please go check out this shows. Like I said, in the next week or two, I'm going to start putting active links online. That While you're watching the video, you could click the link, go right to their page and see what they have to offer. But our associate producers, Tygsy Bowers, 
Brandon Foley, the black sheep of the Don Tony family. And by the way, everyone, we are going to talk about the Bellas and the Hall of Fame. And we're going to talk about a few other important things. You know, we still got another 23 minutes, plenty of time. Joseph Morrison, Chris Henry, Naeem Khalifa, ChatsideForums.com, Sharon Pierce, Julius Tillery, Aaron from Anaheim, Seth Washington, the Isaac Fox, Whisperer Rob, G Unit J Gambino, Garcia Kane, CM Black Pixels, Jacob Eston, Stell, Derek Brewer, Johnny Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Chuck Lentz, Tony, Chris Harris, John Krauser, Roger Rubio, Fatty316, Don Tony's political advisor, D-Boy Gentleman, Ernesto Defensa, and Timothy Keel will do some more shout-outs later. For those online, tomorrow, Tuesday, February 18th, well, it really is February 18th now, at 7.15 p.m. Eastern, I will be on a podcast called Beltamania. Instead of Hulkamania or Blasamania, Beltamania, B-E-L-T-A-M-A-N-I-A.com. Take you right to the YouTube channel. We're going to have a podcast. Carmine Sabi is going to be on, and we're going to be talking a lot of wrestling stuff. It's going to be awesome. It is video. So check it out tomorrow, 7.15 p.m. Um, since I brought it up, you want to talk about it? Hall of Fame rumors? Yeah, the Bellas and uh, Juice and Thunder Liger. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's not solidified. They didn't announce it officially yet, not tonight. Mm-hmm. On uh, WWE, matter of fact, they're a little behind in this Hall of Fame. We're already in mid-February and still just NWO and uh, Batista. Um, you know, not much else is known. I'm thinking it's true. Uh, the Bellas are celebrities, and they're going to get in. Again, this is the same argument with Tori Wilson. Uh, the Hall of Fame is what it is. If they're going by, you know, making some sort of impact, whether it's a celebrity impact outside of the business, it's not ring prowess. It's nothing like that. If that was the case, you know, there'd be, it'd be a lot different Hall of Fame. Uh, Nikolai Volkov wouldn't be in it. Um, the Bellas are celebrities, like it or not. They're successful entrepreneurs outside the business. Total Divas was a success at one point. Uh, even though the ratings have gone down, it's on fucking seven, eight seasons. Total Bellas, the whole thing. Yes, the dating John Cena helped Nikki Bella. Of course it did. Uh, Brie Bella mar- mar- marrying Daniel Bryan, who was an upcoming top guy at that point. Yes. But uh, they made their own bones. I have to give those girls credit. They have a big, successful clothing line, uh, the Birdie B stuff. Uh, again, they, they're, they're doing well, and I think they'll be fine, and they've been fine outside of the confines of a wrestling ring. Um, but what do you think whole, about the rumors of them of fame, going in? You know? Yeah, I think, well, Brie, I mean, again, wrestling skills, Brie Bell is the shits, quite honestly. Um, Nikki Bella got a lot better over the years. She she. Uh, made a, a conscious effort to get better, and she did. Multiple injuries out, a series of times with injuries, you know, the concussion thing, the neck thing. Um, but she did okay her, her her last couple of years. Bree just never got better. It's weird that, you know, she's married to Daniel Bryan. You would have thought, you know, she, she would have had some, you know, Daniel would have taught her a few things. But Nikki was the better of the two. But they're going to go in together, obviously, the twins, the whole gimmick. They deserve to be in the Hall of Fame uh, because it's a Hall of Fame, that word, F-A-M-E. That's the whole point. It's not wrestling prowess. If it was, you can knock about half of the people out of the Hall of Fame, but it's not that. And Juice and Thunder Liger, now, now you're talking about Hall of Fame wrestling, his career. I remember him. I got to see him back in the late 80s when I went to an NWA show, me and Draper at the Meadowlands. Um and he's, he's been around for almost 30 years, I think longer. I think he was 25, 30 years at least. 
Uh, he's an innovative, like Tiger Mask. If anybody's familiar with Tiger Mask, some younger fans might not be. But uh, an innovator like uh, any of the great luchadors, one of Japan's greatest uh, stars. Uh, not the most herald star. There's other people who've gotten a lot more props of, than him over the years. But he's he's one of the best, and I'm glad WWE's uh, inducting him. But, uh, yeah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, it's going to be star-studded. Batista, mainstream star. Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, mainstream stars that people know them outside of wrestling. Now the Bellas. This is going to be pretty loaded. So I think they're going for real star power this year, DT. Um, but I want to see some more names. I mean, it's getting... You know, it's getting down to the wire. I think usually they have eight to ten people, uh, or maybe a little bit more. But I'm not. I'm not hating the Bellas going in. I mean, again, it's it's not about in ring stuff. It's about you know other stuff, and um, just like with Tori Wilson, there, there's rhyme and reason why they put these people in. Uh, now everyone's like, well, then anybody can get in. Well, not necessarily. I, I, you know, there's certain people. I don't think you'll see uh, Brooklyn Brawler in anytime soon, or uh, certain other people. Um, but again, I'm not the biggest Bella fan, but I understand why they're going in. Well, as far as Jushin Thunder goes, I honestly, I don't remember him being in the NWA in the 80s. I remember in WCW, I'm not saying he wasn't, but I remember in WCW in the late 90s, and he was a, a fascinating to watch. Yeah, he but came in was, WCW when it, turned, when it went from NWA to WCW in the 1991. I think it was his first appearance there. Really? I, I don't remember. I mean, I honestly don't remember. They had some tag, they had some tag tournaments, uh, if you go back. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I remember they had those internationals. But what yeah. I'm, what I'm, I'm not disputing you. What I'm saying is is that I didn't really start to notice Jushin Thunderlager until around 93, 94. Because that's you know when the mag- started- you know from the magazines, though, DT. You got the magazines in the 80s. Yeah, but even with the magazines, the magazines really didn't focus. The American magazines didn't focus too much on Japanese wrestling. You would have Muda and you'd have a couple of things, Inoki and others. But once Rey Mysterio, around 93-ish, around there, once Mysterio, and we started getting that Lucha Libre influence and when worlds collide... Then they started showing a little bit more about Japan and Great Sasuke and Jushin Thunderlager and Muda and others. That's when it exploded for me. And, yeah. you know, he was phenomenal and he had an awesome wrestling career, no, no doubt about it. Um, I'm a little surprised that out of all of the Japanese wrestlers, and I think, and honestly, I'm not trying to be a jerk right now. I think if it wasn't, if he did not make that appearance recently, didn't he show up in NXT for for one appearance or something? I think if that didn't happen, I don't think he would have gone in the Hall of Fame this year. Because there's been a lot of other Japanese wrestlers that should have been in the WWE Hall of Fame many, many years ago that they've overlooked. Even the Bellas. You know, I start thinking of people like Miss Elizabeth and others, and it's like, you know, come on, man. I mean... You're not going to put these other people, but you're going to rush to put them in. I mean, the Bellas are still young. What is the rush to put them in at this precise moment? Why? Because they're both pregnant at the same time, and they're both this, and because he's married to Daniel Bryan. So all I'm saying is is that I, I'm a little surprised. I know Jushin Thunderlager just retired, but he just retired. You know what I mean? It's like I, I, don't think, I don't know what the rush was for him. There's a lot of other Japanese wrestlers I would put in before Jushin Thunderlager, even though he is awesome. Um, well, you, now you know what DT, you know not to interrupt. You know what his his connection to uh, is. He was trained by uh, 
uh, in Stu Hart's uh, Stampede. Yeah, he had, yeah. A big, he had a big lineage in Stampede from right, 87, 89. There's a lot of other that's wrestlers. How him, that's how him and Pillman, uh, by the way, that's how him and Pillman knew each other and had such a good chemistry in the early 90s in WCW. Him and Pillman actually knew each other right. well before that. But there's a lot of other wrestlers that came from Stu's dungeon that wrestle in Japan that are not in the Hall of Fame either. Again, I think it's just because he just retired and because he made that appearance that they, they're going to put him in. And I also think with the rumors of NXT Japan coming around, they you know they want to put a little more Japanese you know uh, footprint in the WWE Hall of Fame. And look, they've inducted others, but as far as the Bellas go, um, I think some people may find this surprising coming out of my mouth. Yes, I agree. There are several other women that should be in the Hall of Fame before them. Um, with that said, though. As far as wrestlers go, mm-hmm. I know I got into a bad car accident in 1996. I haven't, I mean, and yes, I took some pretty stiff chair shots that gave me concussions where I threw up, you know, multiple times overnight for days. So, you know, but I don't think my brain is that rattled enough that somehow my memories of the last 15 years have distorted me. And I know the bells weren't in there 15 years. My point is, is that. You know, when the Bellas talk about that they were the, the instrumental for the women's revolution, I want to throw up because they were not instrumental for the women's revolution. All right. To me, they were instrumental for the divas revolution. But yes. diva is a right. dirty word now. Without the Bellas, there'd be no total divas for the last five, six, seven, eight years. Maybe it would have lasted a year or two. But the Bellas are the reason why that show is still around. The Bellas right. are the reason why Total Bellas is around. The Bellas are responsible for women to be in the entertainment cable world like E! and the reality TV and stuff like that. So if Correct. anything, I would have put the Bellas in the Hall of Fame next year when they're in Hollywood because they are more Hollywood reality stars than they are women wrestlers. They tried. They busted their ass. They trained more hours than I've been doing hotlines and podcasts, and I go back to 97. They worked their asses off. And they still were mediocre in the ring. Not because they didn't try. Not everybody, just like a baseball player. You could play for 20, 30 years and just bat 210. You know, I mean, it's just not every single person gets it. The Bellas are top when it comes to divas in Hollywood. But as far as women's wrestling goes and a women's evolution, there's too many other women that should be going in. So me, I have no problem with the Bellas going in the Hall of Fame. They definitely deserve it for the entertainment aspect, no question. But I would have put them in in 2021 when they're in Hollywood. Plus, it's California. You know, they're always in California. They should have won in next year. And you know what? Let's, Let's also remember something very, very important. There's been no announcement yet. So they may not go in this year. So, you know, there's a lot of rumors, and it could very well end up being. But maybe... They do it next year. And you know what? I think it would be better next year because they would have already given birth to child, right. multiple children. You know, Bree and Nikki are both pregnant. Both of them expecting, yeah. Yeah. So do it in 2021. I'm sure they would love to be on the red carpet, you know, beautifully, physically fit without a, a baby. And I know that sounds a little bit, you know, superficial. Just- but 
do you ever watch, you know, what the bell is where when they go out in public and stuff like, do you ever see, you know what I mean? It's just, I get, no, I get you. I get your point. I don't think it's a, it's a sex. Yeah. Thing. I you think you got a good point. My Trish appeared for a hall of fame. She had a baby bump. You remember Trish announced that she was pregnant at her fall of fame, uh, speech, Trish Stratus. Yeah. So she came so, to the thing pregnant. Yeah. Let's wait and see, you know, if they do announce it for this year, but me, if the bell is going in 2021, I am 100% fine with it. Uh, DT, just to be clear, uh, Juice and Thunder Liger made his WCW debut in end of 91, and he made sporadic appearances in 92. That's when I saw him in 92. Yeah, that's right around the time of Mysterio. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But I'm just saying, me as a fan, I didn't, Juice and Thunder Liger didn't get on my radar until 93, 94, 95. But again, oh, there, I could give you 20 other wrestlers from Japan that are not in the WWE Hall of Fame, that if I start throwing them all out there right now, I think 19 of the 20, I think everybody almost in unison would say, yeah, you know what? This person deserves it more than this. Because remember, this is the WWE Hall of Fame. I understand you have non-WWE wrestlers that are in the Hall of Fame as well. Jushin Dundalagar's career is not noted for being in the WWE. So oh. there are many other Japanese wrestlers I would have put in before Jushin Thunderlager, but I it, I have no problem if he goes in, none whatsoever. I just find it interesting that I don't I don't think WWE ever expected the American wrestling audience to show as much love and tribute to Jushin Thunderlager when he retired. He made U.S. appearances, no question. I think WWE underestimated the love and appreciation by American fans. I think that probably influenced them as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. Actually, um, you know, and Muda should go in and, you know, there's other people. I think Tatsumi Fujiami's already in, as is, um, uh, well, it's Giant Baba and stuff like that. And then there's guys like the great Yatsu. There's there's a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. Saruto. Maybe next there's week so or a week after, I'll come up with my list of 20 that I don't think anybody will dispute me with. I think some people will just bust my chops, you know. Well, Anthony, you know what I want to mention? I don't know if you got a chance to see it. Um, it was really good. Uh, Rock had it on his Instagram. Yeah, him visiting it. his daughter at the, uh, you saw it? Yeah. He was, showed up was, at the I school thought, and was yeah. in the ring with a couple of wrestlers at the Performance Center, including his daughter. And very, very classy from The Rock. Very classy. Yeah, it was it's cool to see uh, Perrazzo and uh, what's his name? Paul Ellering's daughter, Rachel, uh, seeing him, looking at him. Yeah. He's got Elvis. Elvis was in the ring. I mean, because, I mean, talk about the guys lodging in life. And you, and you just see the star power just drips off of him when he's in there. And it was cool to see all the people around him, and he gave them their time, and he came back and did a Q&A with them. Anybody didn't see it, it's on Instagram now. You can check it out. It's about what, seven, eight minutes long, like DT. I, like yeah, that. I got a kick yeah. out of seeing Norman Smiley, too. Yeah, Norman Smiley was there. Yeah, yeah it was cool. And, I still uh, Road Dog and everybody, yeah. I still remember the podcast I did with him and the Mass Maniac and him with that time with the Buff Bagwell story. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to get into it now because we don't have too much time left. Yeah, but um, very quickly, this Friday on SmackDown, we'll find out who is going to be facing Bailey in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's either going to be Naomi, Carmella, or a three-way, obviously. Uh, we'll get into the card next Monday because Saudi Arabia show is not until next Thursday. So we definitely have plenty of time to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think, oh, uh, it's not that big of a deal, but just to give a little update for everybody. You may remember about two weeks ago, I said that, you know, I didn't want to get into too much of Vic Joseph 
as far as what is next for Vic Joseph because, you know, there's private things that, you know, I really could not right. reveal or make public. Um, mm -hmm. Him on his Instagram earlier today revealed that he's going to be doing some work for NBA TV. Um, I don't know if it's going to be specific for Cleveland, but he is going to be doing some work with NWA, NBA TV, excuse me. And uh, he is still part of WWE because a lot of people may not know Charlie Caruso and some others do some outside work besides WWE. So uh, it just, you know, gives, expands his wings. He's still very, very young. And, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. Um, you know, we were talking about the Elimination Chamber earlier. Oscar is one of the members. We had Kyrie saying defeat Natty tonight by countout. Um, I don't know if anybody else gets this vibe, but when you have the Kabuki Warriors coming down on ringside, most of it is it's in Japanese. But then, you know, they'll cut, say a couple of things like, you know, Nati, are your eye? We don't care. We don't care. Right. Anybody, I don't know if you get this vibe. I love it. I love it. But <laughs> you like it. You know what I think is missing? Or mm -hmm. the one thing, word that I think is missing that's needed? When they come out to the ring now, they do right what somebody else did wrong. They are annoying. But they are entertaining annoying. And when they do their shtick, when they come out, the only word I think that they're missing at the end, they should be doing their thing and then go, eek, eek. you know, like it's almost like a Japanese version of the Iconics. But half the stuff they're saying, you don't know what the hell they're saying. Right? Aren't they they're doing like a little bit iconic? <laughs> so maybe a little bit, maybe their but, version of that. But let me ask you this. Why do you think WWE is not having the Kabuki Warriors like defending these titles and having feuds with tag teams right now? Because there isn't any. I mean, who what what women tag team are there besides makeshift tag teams that yeah. they can put together and they haven't even really attempted to do that. I mean, where are the iconics? Supposedly they're refining them or giving them a new gimmick. I mean, that's not been proven yet. That's just a rumor mill. But there's no one for them to wrestle, DT, especially on Raw. I mean, what I, I couldn't name a female tag team, even yeah. a makeshift. Well, even SmackDown, seen, too, because they're also SmackDown tag champs. Yeah. It just... No, I got I got you. I'm just saying there, uh, you know, right now Mandy's in a program with um, Otis, and, uh, you know, Sonya and her aren't really teaming up that much other than doing, you know, the vignettes in the back and little uh, promos here and there. Like, they're in skits more than they are in the ring right now. Uh, so there's really, I mean, th they should put a team together uh, for them to face. You know, whether the Iconics come back as baby faces and a new gimmick, them, that's probably the only thing they can do at this point, unless they bring some girls in from NXT and have a team up. But th those tag belts, I think, are kind of almost like a waste, ET. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, again, you're going to have to slop together some team to face, uh, you know, and they got two months to do it. They better get them on TV now to get people used to them. Or they're just going to put... I mean, listen, it worked for Riddle and, and, and Pete Dunne. You could put together two uh, odd birds together, and it can click and work. Maybe it can happen for the ladies, too. Uh, two girls who aren't doing anything. Uh, what about Dana Brooke and somebody else? Dana Brooke and insert NXT girl here. I don't know. Just put two people together. But these girls are just carrying gold around. I guess it gives them legitimacy, DT. But, um, yeah, they're being used as solos right now because there's probably nothing else for them to do. 
Well, um, first off, I apparently triggered some Iconics fans out there. I'm not saying that they're mimicking the Iconics. What they are doing is they are taunting their opponents. They are being very, very loud, very, very animated. They are screaming and laughing, and they are doing what the Iconics used to do. The difference is this seems very entertaining, and the Iconics were just annoying. And not only that, they sucked in the ring with all due respect. Kyrie Sane and Oscar are two of the top female talents that WWE has to offer. So when you could taunt and you could scream and this and that, but you could still kick ass in the ring and be entertaining with your power set and your move set, it kind of puts everything together, you know. But um, getting back to what you were saying, the problem I have with makeshift tag teams is because I'm trying to think of a woman in WWE's main roster right now that is extremely charismatic, that, you know, has that connection and is very, very smooth on the mic, and not a lot of names come to mind. So that's a problem right there. You know, you had some tag teams, but unfortunately they focus so much on singles that you see WrestleMania, they have three women's matches that are going to be the focal point. Again, the rumors of Bailey, Sasha Banks, Becky, Shayna Baszler, and Charlotte Rhea Ripley. So yeah. when you realize that, and they and it's, this is WWE's fault, and this is something I've been saying for two or three years now, the women's division has been the four horsewomen and everybody else. All right, the Kabuki Warriors, they got the belts on them because they are the most talented. And the problem is, I think another reason why they're not feuding with anybody right now is because their talent level is all the way up here, and everybody else, other than the full horsewomen and others that are in feuds right now, their overall package is down here. So you, what are you going to do? You're going to have Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans challenge the Kabuki Warriors? You know, I mean, like, you just think about it, and it's like, okay, how do we get this together? Especially well, me, that the me, Kabuki Warriors don't writing, speak English. People are writing me left and right here and messaging me. Yes, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Yes, that, that they, yeah, but they the, can put them together. Uh, yeah, okay. Alexa no, no, Bliss. I'm just saying people are hitting me up with that left and right. All right Ale- no, it. but but Alexa, Bli- Alexa Bliss sucks as a baby face. People, I mean, yeah. it's just, it doesn't work. And Nikki Cross, they are an established tag team. But I mean, my God, does does anybody forget two, three weeks ago, as recent as that, that Alexa Bliss, although improved, she is mm-hmm. not good in the ring she's a gymnast she's trying and she's got many years to still ace it but you're gonna put alexa bliss i mean i remember alexa bliss in a match not too long ago that involved a contendership and people were like why is she in this match she is one of the top women stars for the wwe but as far as match goes i mean come on it was only not too long ago that she fought with the kabuki warriors and the kabuki warriors are fighting in slow motion because they gotta go down to the level of alexa bliss you don't have you need women that could be on the level or close to uh oscar and Kyrie Sane, you can't have Kyrie Sane and Oscar go ten steps below just so Dana Brooke or Alexa Bliss. It, you know, come on. When you see Oscar standing there and she's waiting for Alexa Bliss to do flippy, flippy, backflip, backflip, knee, and it's a snatch. 
you know, it just doesn't look good. So just because you have a tag, tag team that is together doesn't mean that they're a good opponent for the Kabuki Warriors. And the sad well, part about it is it would not surprise me if Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss end up being the women that defeat the Kabuki Warriors for those belts. Well, yeah, and also it's weird to say all this and us criticize Alexa Bliss because she is a multiple-time women's champion as a solo act and actually had some decent showings in the Elimination Chamber about two years ago. Uh, and she you know, is one of the bigger stars, more notable names uh, in the company, one of the most popular, biggest merch seller for the young girls. Uh, so, again, it's weird to say that she doesn't deserve to be in the ring with Kabuki. And I know what you're saying, DT, but it, she is a multiple-time uh, solo champion. Yeah, I mean, but you know her matches. I mean, come on, you know, I, I she, you. she fought Nia Jax. I, I'd like to see Nia Jax and um, Tamina. Uh, Tamina come back. Yeah, yeah, I'd like yeah. to see them two take on the Kabuki Warriors. She should be. She should be back soon. I think. Nia, yeah, right? yeah, yep. And Nia looks good. She always looked yeah. good, you know. But she's, you know, she's a bigger woman, so nothing wrong with that. But she's you know posted some really nice pictures of herself lately. But okay, before we go. Shout out to Jeffrey Collins, Cockboy, Jay Smoothie, Tom Baffa, Joseph Nicoluk, Nico Time, Paul Convoy, Adam Demoy, Billy Taylor, Hassan Hal Hashmi, Brent Webster, Aaron Kloss, Alt Nahia, James Grusom, Anthony Smith, Mark Israel, Bob O'Mac, CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Switch Babe, Courtney Summers, Diogo Nobre, John Coffey, Tim Everhart, Andrew914, Russell Zavala, Mer Morel Coombs Jr., Douglas McKay, Keith Lee, James Farmer, John Garcia, Mad Dog, no, no good. We'll go an extra 11 minutes, everybody, since I'm doing plugs, too. Uh, Larry Trella, Tommy Pakeshi, Chris Lumna, Rich Mahog, Julian LeBlanc, Spider Lewin, Carl Buto, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Rob McKay, Brian Burnham, Michael Cuomo. They are our associate producers on Patreon. Once again, patreon.com slash Don Tony if you sign up. You'll be in just in time for your solo show tomorrow, Castle Chronicles. Right. This tomorrow this weekend, I'll be back with Mish to do the next episode of Breakfast Soup. Wednesday will be Wednesday Night Dynamite. Friday will be the Don Tony Show on YouTube. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. So, um, trying to think what else we could get into. Did you uh. hear... I, I, I really well, Sheldon, Sheldon Benjamin resigned with the company. Yeah, you know that's good. He is a great team player. Um, if anybody watches main event tonight, I think he teamed. Who did he team up with? He lost. Believe it or not. Oh, he teamed up with Eric Young, and they lost yes. to Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins on main event this ah, week. Geez. So he signed a contract, and then he he lost to Ryder and Hawkins. Yep. I think it's a three year deal. So yeah. That's good. He, he, you know, his in-ring career, even though he's in unbelievable shape, it's obviously winding down. But he, that guy is going to be a perfect trainer for. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He's, 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 he's awesome. And also an update on, because people were wondering what happened to her. Ty, uh, Tanara Conti walked out uh, about a week ago or two weeks ago from NXT. Now she was at uh, the latest NXT outside event uh, this past Saturday night. At the Fence Center in Fort Pierce, Florida, she was in a tag match. So clearly, she's back with them. I don't know if it's in the good graces, but uh, she supposedly came back though to NXT this weekend. DT. Well, on on Wednesday, when everybody was reporting it, I had said on Wednesday night Dynamite that you know I some of the information I got was conflicting, and I wasn't going to give anybody an update until this week. 
She is back, and she's wearing a shirt that says it says released on it, and she had a pair of handcuffs in one of her hands. So she's playing up to what was going on online, which yeah, is pretty funny. But there might be some, like you know, there's some truth to this. Well, there is. I'm, I'll get into it more on Wednesday, but I, li- I like her. I like her. I think she's got a lot of spunk. She's legitimate judo black belt. She's she's not bad. I think you know there's people who are a little sketchy on her, but I don't know. Maybe this is something that could could get us some attention. Well, she's a little frustrated right now, and, uh, you know, it's uh, like I said, there's there's more to it, but something else I'm going to get in on, into on Wednesday is an update on Teddy Hart. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much everything I said last Wednesday was 100% correct. Oh, um, okay. He is still in prison. That was something that nobody else was reporting because they didn't have it. Um, not only that, when I broke down the details of what he could have had in his possession. It ended up pretty much being exactly what I said it was. You know, some people, they think they just do a simple Google search and think they got the answers, but they don't break it down. I got into scientific numbers and how many this and how much ounces of this, but I will say this for now. um, He has a court date on Tuesday that court date, even though Maria Mannix said trial and people wanted to play semantics and say, no, it's not a trial. People know what she was talking about. She's got a, he's got a bail hearing on Tuesday. And they're going to determine if he could be released on bail. Um, the idea that he must stay in the state of Virginia is pretty moronic for people that are saying this right now. You obviously don't know much about criminal law. Um, Leaving the country and going to Canada, if you're going to go over state lines, you have to get permission. But for people out there to speculate that uh, she has to find an apartment so he could live in Virginia until his court case is over, you know, I mean, I don't, please, share with me whatever you're smoking. Um, They may force him for house arrest, but the idea that that he can't leave the state of Virginia, um, it's just people don't have a clue out there. Well, they, they, it depends on what they what what the judge, uh, you know, right? Puts upon but you, what these, your conditions, the, the, you know? he's not. There, there's no felonies involved. It's okay. You know, there's no felonies. Yeah, he can. He just expected to come back to court. Where he lives is up to him. No, no, no. It's not. He's still in jail. But oh, he's not really. Oh, they haven't released. No, him he's still in jail. But oh, okay. on Wednesday, by Wednesday. We'll have the bail hearing, and I should have an update, even if it's not publicized, because I, you know, I have some connections. I take, okay. you know, I do have some connections. Everybody, twenty-something years, I have a little bit, not too much, but I have some. Um, so I should have a pretty concrete update. Even though I think TMZ will be all over it on Tuesday, because you know, they, look, TMZ was all over the story with Adam Bomb, and if you look at it, it's really pretty much not much of anything. So other than that. I think the only other thing that I guess we could leave everybody on kind of a sour note. Did you know that uh, Tito Ortiz may be training at the Performance Center? Yes, I just heard about that today, as a matter of fact. Um, But he is uh, 45 years old and has some severe back issues. So I don't know. You know, I mean, mean, he's a name. He's a name. He's a name. WWE wants some MMA guys, well-known MMA guys, to have a match with Brock Lesnar or somebody. I mean, they just keep forcing this issue. This guy, I mean, right in the midst of all that controversy with Bully Ray at that time with us, he's the one with the August 1st warning. And he came out to no reaction and just 
remember how old he was then. Yep. I mean, look, let's also say the, if any school can train this guy to do well, even if it's one match, it's the WWE Performance Center. Yep. There's too many good trainers there that they probably could could take, you know, a person with no arms and no legs and have a credible match, you know. Um, but my point is, you know, Tito Ortiz, oh, man, it's just, I don't want to see that. I really don't want to see that. Nah, None against him personally, you know. Yeah, so I'm in the TNA stuff. I, I didn't like it then, and that was 10 years ago, so. Yeah. Um, before we go, uh, you know, what did you think about Charlotte accepting Rhea Ripley's challenge? Uh, I like it. I like the matchup. It's a fresh matchup. And I think it's like, uh, it's funny. You want to say the old guard, like Charlotte's been around for 20 years. Uh, but it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's almost being played like the old guard versus the new guard. I mean, listen, Charlotte is, uh, 13 years old in Rhea Ripley. Maybe. Well, I'll tell you a funny thing that I know. 99.9% of people out there don't know that they might find fascinating. Um, I didn't even notice, but I did the research to check it out. Want to hear something interesting? Mm -hmm. How many years, what year do you think Charlotte debuted as a professional wrestler? 2012. She started, she got signed in 12, but she started wrestling in the summer of 2013. Okay. You know when Rhea Ripley started wrestling? Just four years ago? Summer of 2013. Oh, Jesus. She's got the same length of a wrestling career as Charlotte. Just Charlotte started many years later. So wow. when people out there are like, well, you know, Rhea Ripley, she hasn't been wrestling all that long. She's been she's been wrestling as long as Charlotte. It's just she started very very young. She started yeah, comes, like sixteen it, years right, old. Right. It comes. It comes off. Uh, it comes off uh, like, well, what Rhea? Just to be accurate, Rhea Ripley is twenty three. Charlotte is thirty three. Charlotte is ten years older yeah. than Rhea Ripley. But but it seems almost like old versus new. It does seem like yeah. That. But you know what? You know Rhea doesn't have a Hall of Fame Ripley. You know, believe it or not. Uh, in I don't know if people know why I said that, but um, you know. Charlotte obviously is around wrestling royalty her entire life. So I'm not trying to compare Charlotte's career to Rhea Ripley's career. The only reason why I'm bringing that up is for people out there that think that Rhea Ripley has only been wrestling for a cup of coffee and they don't like that, that balance. I got news for you. Go look up Bianca Belair. Go see how long she's been wrestling. It'll surprise a lot of people out there, but it'll also make you appreciate Bianca Belair even more that she was able to get to this level in such a short period of time. Some people just take to it like a fish to water. Yeah. You know, right? Some people just have it, that yeah. it factor. We talk about it all the time. It's like people go on that American Idol and they've been singing for two years and they just blow these musicians away. It's like, how long have you been singing? I'm singing in the shower. And you're that good. Sometimes you just got a gift and, and you're good. Yeah, Bianca Belair... All three, all three of them. I like to see a three-way uh, dance at WrestleMania between the three of them. I like to see Bianca Belair peppered into that match. Mm. I think she deserves it. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I don't have a problem with it if it does. I think at the end of the day, Rhea Ripley has to retain. I don't think 
you know, Charlotte being a, a full-timer in NXT, even for a couple of months. Although I said yesterday, you know, I'm warning everybody out there, do not be surprised if NXT wins some of the Wednesday ratings when it gets closer to WrestleMania because of the match hypes and everything going on. Um, and I, I don't think any AEW fans should get upset at that. And I don't think any NXT fans out there should gloat in AEW's face because remember, the, the time that NXT beat AEW in the ratings was leading into Survivor Series. So yeah. be prepared that just because of the magnitude of WrestleMania, you know, they, that's where fans get their eyes back in wrestling and expect NXT to win one, two weeks leading into it. But once WrestleMania is over, I think it's back to the trend of what we have now as far as Wednesday ratings go. Agree. Yeah. With that, we're done. Um, any final words before we go? Uh, no, well, Raw wasn't that great tonight. But again, Randy Orton, uh, it was the beginning. It was all about the first 15 minutes. Randy Orton was the star of that show tonight. I didn't, wasn't, didn't care for the ending. I've seen this match before. War Raiders in this feud is already boring as hell. Kevin Owens is the only one who makes it exciting. Um, but I, I've had enough already. But uh, the opening of Raw was pretty good. Randy Orton being the killer heel that he's meant to be and uh, really enjoyed that. I'm going to enjoy his feud uh, or his WrestleMania match with Edge. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll see where it progresses. But uh, I will talk to you tomorrow night for your Castle Chronicles. Yes, 15 for uh, people on Discord. You can sign up to Patreon tonight, tomorrow, as soon as possible, so you can catch it uh, and go live in the chat with us. Sounds good. All right. Take right, care, DJ. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Discord, peace out. All right. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next Monday night with your next installment. Once again, tomorrow on Patreon is Castle Chronicles. Wednesday, I'll be on YouTube for Wednesday Night Dynamite. Friday, I'll be on YouTube for the Don Tony Show. And Saturday, um, we're not sure yet if it's going to be Saturday or Sunday. I have to talk to Mish about the schedule. But um, this weekend... Mish and I will return with your next installment of Breakfast Soup on Patreon. For those asking me, will I be doing a Saudi Arabia pay-per-view recap? The answer is absolutely. I am already trying to work my schedule around to uh, make sure I am home to see Saudi Arabia live. And I will be on YouTube right after to do a pay-per-view recap. Absolutely. So everyone... You know, if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel already, there's a lot of clips up there. Over the weekend, I did a rant on the storyline with Otis and Mandy Rose and what happened with Dolph Ziggler, and I put a little twist. I'm very curious to see what happens on Friday, but I strongly suggest everybody give it a look because it's a little twist to the plot that I'm not saying it's going to happen, but... Man, that would be one of the swerves of the year if it went down the way that I talked about it. But go check it out, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, I'll see you all again right here on Wednesday night with your next installment of Wednesday Night Dynamite. Take care, everyone. Be well. And I'll catch you all again Wednesday. Take care.
John O'Mai. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. John O'Mai. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don O'Mai. You can have fun. You really are. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia.